Lovely. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie. Um, hasn't there been such a beautiful sense of intimacy in this room this morning as we've worshipped our Heavenly Father? I want to continue that sense of, of intimacy as I, as I open the word to us now. Um, continuing the series that we're doing on life in the spirit, which is really exciting. Um, and I, I would just briefly mention as we start, um, I've been quite ill for the last few days, and it's sort of hampered my um, preach prep a bit, and I feel physically weak now. But I trust that God uses what is weak to display his strength and his power. And it's definitely, I've definitely got far less notes than I normally have, but Beth assures me that this is a good thing. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll trust God and, and, and we'll, we'll do well, I'm sure. Um, but I just want to open in prayer. And, and, as, and as I pray for us, I just want to say the verses we're looking at today are verses that some of us could hear and say, yep, that's basic Christianity. I know that. I've known that for years. But, okay, you know, and, and not receive what God has, has got for you this morning. Equally, there are also verses that for some of us might be difficult. And it, yeah, it might be... Um, it, might, it might touch on a, on, a, on, a, on a hard part of your heart and your life. And again, it might make it difficult to receive what God has got. So as, as I pray for us now and as we hear what God is saying to us, I just want to encourage you off the back of what Tim brought. Let's offer our hearts and let's trust God with our hearts. So, Father God, we come to you, Lord, all of us weak in our own ways. I come to you physically weak um, and with slim notes. But, Father, we know that as we give ourselves to you completely, Lord, you do a wonderful thing. Yeah, you make miracles of our mess as as Tim was saying, and we pray that you would have your way in our hearts this morning. Give us ears to hear you, and give us hearts to, to, to receive, soft hearts to receive your word. And would you do a transforming, beautiful work in us? Holy Spirit, would you lead me and give me your words and your power? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you, to, if you want to open your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Romans, chapter 8, uh, from verse 14, verses 14 to 16. And I'll read that for us now. It says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, 
the Spirit you received, the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirits that we are God's children. What's God saying to you? As you read those verses, as you hear them spoken out loud, what is God saying to you? At a very obvious level, he wants you to know that you are his child. But here's the thing. As I read through those verses, what I see is that God wants us to more than just know it. He wants us to experience the reality of it. If he just wanted us to know it, it would have stopped at verse 14. Verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Telling you, you're led by the Spirit, you're a child of God. Who, 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 who is someone who's led by the Spirit? Well, it's someone who's, led, someone who's led by the Spirit. They've been led by the Spirit to trust in Jesus for their salvation for the forgiveness of their sins. And you've trusted Jesus for that and have made a commitment to follow him. Been led by the Spirit. And now as you live, you're being led by the Spirit. If that's you, you're a child of God. It's a fact. It's an indisputable fact. It's a beautiful, glorious fact. But God doesn't just want it to be a fact your mind to hold and assent to and go, yeah, okay, good, thanks. He wants it to be a living reality that you experience. And that's why it doesn't stop at verse 14. It goes on to verse 15. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. See, there's an experience of being fathered by God that we all need and that the Holy Spirit wants to bring to us. What's adoption? Let's think about adoption for a moment. Holy Spirit is, is described here as the spirit of adoption. If you're adopted, you're chosen. If you're born by natural birth, what a blessing, what a beautiful thing. But if you're adopted, you were chosen, you were deliberately chosen. Once, you were not part of the family. But at, what, at some point, a father looked at you and said, I want you, I want you to become part of my family. You are chosen. We used to be separated 
from God. As it says in, in the verses, we were slaves to sin. We used to be slaves to sin, separated from God. And living in fear as a result. But something absolutely incredible has happened. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he took our sin, our sin that separated us from our Father God. And as he took that sin, he took the separation that came with it so that we no longer have to be separated from God any longer. Any sense of shame that came with it. You know, shame is different from guilt. Guilt guilt is feeling bad about what you've done. Shame is feeling bad about who you are. And part of that separation from God involves shame. Jesus took your shame. He took your sin and he took your shame. It died with him on that cross. And now, risen again and giving his spirit to us, he has offered us a new life, adopted into the family, no longer separated, no longer in shame, but brought near, dearly loved, children of the Father, chosen deliberately to enjoy sonship, to be a son and a daughter of the Father and receive everything, everything that the Father wants to give you. And he's generous. So what does this adoption mean for us? No longer separated, chosen, but in terms of daily life. The Spirit wants to bring us into an experience of being fathered by our loving Father God each and every day. It says in the verses here, And by him, by the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. First of all, by him we cry. That word cry, it means a profound and passionate expression. It means we call out to God with deep feeling. To call out in this way means we pray with an experience and a trust in, in God, the, God our, not God the Father, God our Father's nearness. We cry out, we call to him with a trust, an expectation, an experience of his nearness, of his goodness, of his faithfulness, of his help, of his profound goodness. He's your Father, he wants to do you profound good. The Holy Spirit makes this experience real to us. He's not an absent father. He is Abba, Father. And that word Abba, 
That is the Aramaic word that Jesus used when he prayed to the Father. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing this to people in Rome, Greek speakers, but he still chooses to use that Aramaic word. Why? It's not their language. He chooses to use it because it is the word that Jesus used. Because that was the word that Jesus used as part of his experience of the fatherhood of God. God, his father. We worship a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God the Son experienced God the Father. When he was on this earth, he, he would pray, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. It's part of his, his experience. Jesus wanted us to have that same experience, relate to the Father in the same way that he did. And the Apostle Paul is using that same word, Abba, Father. And so what's significant about Abba? Yes, it's Jesus used it, and we are being called and invited to relate with the Father, just as Jesus did when he was on this earth. But Abba, it carries a tone. It means, it means dad, daddy, father, but it carries a tone of both intimacy and, and deep respect as well. It expresses a confidence of endless love from the Father. It expresses an assurance of welcome from the Father at all times. Yeah? You might have been someone that, that Tim's word was speaking to. You might feel your heart's a mess. You might feel distant from God. You might feel unable to give your heart fully to God. But he's an Abba Father. There's an assurance of welcome. Wherever you're at, whatever you've done, you trust Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. You are welcomed by Abba Father. There's an assurance of welcome. And also there's a natural respect for the character and the authority of the Father. As I was looking into this, I came across a picture in a book I was reading. It was a picture, the photo of President John F. Kennedy, JFK, um, President of America, I think, was it in the 60s? I'm going to look at Stuart. You, you know, you, <laughs> was it in the 60s? Yeah, in the, in the 1960s, he, he, was, he was president. And he, he's in the Oval Office. Yeah, he's in his office in the White House. And at that time, he's probably the most powerful man in the whole world. People have to make an appointment to see him, and they'd have to go through guards, they'd have to go through secret service checks, and they'd have to go through various secretaries just to get near him. And yet in this picture, there's a small child crawling around at his feet. The author of, of, of the book that this picture was in said, I love this photograph for many reasons but most of all for the fact that JFK's son feels completely safe to play at his father's feet. 
John Jr. knows his dad is the most powerful person in the world, but he plays happily in his presence because he's absolutely sure of two things. That John F. Kennedy is his father and that he is John F. Kennedy's son. John Jr. knew that his dad was strong, full of authority and power because he was the president. But he also knew that the president was affectionate, tender, and safe because he was his dad. There's an experience of being fathered by God that we all need. But I want to be honest at this point. It can be difficult. And for me, this has been difficult. This has been a, a, a challenging um, area in, in my own life. And you know, before I say what I'm about to say, I just want to say, I, I, and if, if he ever listens to this, um, I, I just want to say, I love my dad, and I respect my dad, and I am grateful for my dad. He's been a brilliant dad in many ways. By his own confession, when I was young, he was largely absent, partly through work, um, partly through you know, being part of a generation where you, know, you work six days a week and then play golf all day on the on Sunday, um, so physically he wasn't around a lot. Also emotionally, he wasn't around. Um, he sort of had his own problems that he was dealing with when I was a child. So yeah, he wasn't really emotionally there, um, if I can put it like that. The other father figure I, I did have was my granddad. He was very, again, love him, I respect him. Um, he, was, he was very faithful in uh, look, you know, looking after me and my brother. He would, he would often, you know, often we would go there after school and school holidays and things like that, spent a lot of time with him. And I know um, that, he, that he, he genuinely cares about me. Um, he is a man, and was a man, who um, by nature could quite demanding and quite critical, sort of his default, sort of to find the negative in everything. And as, as a youngster, um, you know, I, 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 I felt like I had to, to be a certain way and behave a certain way and perform a certain way in order to be safe and accepted. And I think because those sort of were my probably primary experiences of father figures growing up, as a, you know, in you know, coming into my late teens, um, being saved and coming to know God, I've always found it hard to experience and sort of accept and trust on a deep level. The, that God 
is my Father who is near, who loves me no matter what, and wants to do me profound good. And I just want to, and I, I share that because I know that there will be other people in this room who, and, and possibly who listen, who, you know, who listen to this after, who will have had similar experiences or much worse experiences. And it's easy to accept that, sort of you know, project it onto God, accept that, you know, oh, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never experience that endless love of my Father God because, you know, I've been tainted or wounded or... But I just want to encourage you. My, my personal experience is one of being on a journey over the past, especially in, in, the, in the last couple of years where I've realized these things more, where God, by his Spirit, has been warming and healing and transforming and changing my heart and enabling me, by the Spirit's work, the Spirit of adoption being at work in my heart, enabling me to experience gradually more and more over time, that endless love of the Father. There's times when it feels like he could be absent. I don't get answers to prayer that I'm looking for. feels like I'm left hanging a bit, and it can be like, oh, feels like I'm on my own a bit. But no, the Spirit, the Spirit of adoption at work in my heart assures me that I am not hung out to dry or left alone. I am assured and receive and can experience the welcome, the unconditional and endless love of Father God, my Abba Father. And so if it's something that you've struggled with, I'd encourage you, the Spirit wants to work in your heart too and will bring you into a beautiful and freeing experience of being fathered by God. I use the word assurance. And that assurance comes through loud and clear in verse 16. If you look back at verse 16, it says, this spirit of adoption... This spirit, the spirit himself, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. In ancient Rome, if a wealthy person didn't have any children, they would sometimes choose one of their household slaves to be adopted and become their son or their daughter. And that slave would become not only a son or a daughter, they would become an heir. This was a radical change for them. Because they would go from being the household slave to inheriting the household. Inheriting the property and the wealth of that father. 
But, you know, there's always the threats, there's always the chance that someone might come in and, and, and dispute that. You know, oh, that shouldn't be your inheritance, that should be mine. You shouldn't receive all that wealth. And so what they would do is they would bring in witnesses. They would bring in people who could witness to then testify and, and, and say, no, this is official, this has happened, we saw it, we confirm it. That, it, that person is no longer a slave, they are a child of this household, it is their inheritance, they inherit the wealth, they inherit the property. And the Holy Spirit, says in this verse, plays a similar role for us in those moments where we may doubt, in those moments where things are, are difficult in our, you know, we have troubles outside of us in our circumstances or inside of us, in our sin or in our fears, in our, you know, the, you know, the lies that can come in. Especially in those moments, the Spirit testifies to our spirit you are a child of God. We need this. We need to know and we need to experience that we are the Father's endlessly loved, adopted children, chosen. Here's the thing, right? We know from the book of 1 John, chapter 4, that we love God because he first loved us. And that's the natural order of things, isn't it? When we experience love, true love, someone else willing and longing for our good, As we experience that love, something in our hearts is warmed, something in our hearts is drawn, something in our heart wells up in response with gratitude and with love. And you know that the greatest commandment is love for the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, with all of you. We're going to love God more fully, more completely, more faithfully. And we need to abide and dwell in the love of our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father. We need to let the spirit of adoption dwell in us and testify to our spirits. And we need to give our whole hearts, hear it loud and clear. We are his children. Father, thank you that you are my father. Thank you that I am your child. Thank you that you love me endlessly. We need to make space to receive that love because it changes us, it transforms us, and it draws our love in response. It allows us to love our heavenly father more fully and faithfully in response. The natural outpouring comes. And you know, if we want to see the world around us impacted by the love of God, if we want to see his kingdom come, it's the same. The love of the Father will pour out of us. 
as we abide and dwell in his love for us and live in the good of it. We're doing, we're in the spirit, in the spirit, in this series, Life in the Spirit. And we've heard so much about spiritual gifts. And they're so good. And we so need them. And you know what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13? He tells us to eagerly desire the greater gifts. And you know what he says straight after that, don't you? He says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, I want a faith that can move mountains. But if I have that, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Here's the thing. Paul or Jude, would you be able to get Katie for me? Thanks. Here's the thing, right? This plant is a bit like me. Possibly a bit like some of you as well, right? This plant comes from my workplace. It sits on the side in my tuition center that I run. And this is one of those sort of hardy pot plants. It's one of those where you don't need to water it that much. It's a survivor. It's robust. It's durable. Okay? And, and, and what it does is it sits on the side, adding a bit of greenery, a bit of softness, uh, you know, you know, make it a, a nicer environment. But the thing is, I just get so busy my mind in my work, that um, I neglect to water this poor plant. And you might be able to see that the poor thing is withering. Okay? And I'm a trier. And this, this plant is a trier. It's trying. It's trying, bless it, to keep, to keep going, be robust and durable. Um, but if I and if we, in our zeal for God, in our sense of duty to do the things we should be doing, the good things, Pray, read scripture, share our faith, turn up at life group, turn up at church. Try and grow in God. If, as we're at work in these things, if we neglect to dwell 
in the love of our Abba Father. This, this, is, this is how we end up. This is how our soul ends up. We're still there, you know, still on the side at the workplace, showing up, doing what we should be doing, but we're not healthy and we're not flourishing. And actually, the impact we make is lessened. This isn't as attractive as it used to be. For me, as I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I fall into that. I'm a trier. And I, I, I can turn up, do the things I'm supposed to do, but neglect to dwell, neglect to sit in the love of my Abba Father. And when I go through seasons like that, I wither, I wither inwardly. And I just feel that God would have for at least some of us here today an invitation to not wither. For some of you, I think you're dry. For some of you, it's been a while since you've experienced the love of your Abba Father. It's been a while since you've been refreshed, since you've been quenched. What, what you need, you, 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 need, you need some of this. Okay, oh, oh, sorry. All right, okay to be messy when it's with God. Okay, um, we need it. And you know, he's faithful. He's faithful to bring you into that experience. It's his father heart and desire to bring you into that experience and to renew you in his love. I just want to invite Katie up for a moment. A couple of weeks ago in Life Group, she shared a testimony. And really it's a testimony of the fatherly, loving heart of God. Yeah, don't slip. Yeah, if you could share, Katie, I'd be really grateful. Um, okay, um, I don't often get to renewal, but when I do, it's good. Um, there was a Friday, no, it wasn't even on a Friday, was it? It was on a Saturday before Christmas, and I'd been a bit, my family will tell you now and again, I explode. And I'd had one of those days when I'd gone boof, 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 and everything was a bit rubbish. And, I, and, Beth, and Beth had messaged, Claire had messaged, are you coming tonight? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, just no, I'm not in the right place. I'm not in the mood for this. I'm not. God's over there. I'm here going, explode. And, um, but I came because I think I'd exploded and I thought, just get me out of here, didn't I, Edward? So, uh, yeah, so I came. I sat over here and we were singing carols and we we're doing um, Come Let Us Adore Him. And Liz is standing here, yes, Lord, we adore you. And I was just standing going, I'm stuck on a door. And I just had that moment. I was, I was looking at the word adore and I was like, mm. in my head, I was thinking, in the process of thinking, okay, I do, but I can't sing it. So I was just saying that. But then, just at that moment, I had God just say, but I adore you. And I was like, and I looked around and I was like, okay. I think it was God. And he said, I absolutely adore you, Katie. And I was like, okay. So even when I go, boof, 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 <laughs> and everything, God slopes me. Anyway. Prayed with Lynn, had a great time, and uh, walked out of here and forgot this little moment that I'd had with God. 
got home, went to bed. And uh, then in the morning, the next morning, I do the Wordle. All right, just a little bit of something I do just to kind of keep my brain going. And uh, guess what the word was? Adore. All right, and I just sat there and I was like, that's what you told me last night. And you just reminded me now. Because I'd, I'd forgotten that he had said that. And then I had that, okay. And do you know what? I've not forgotten it since. So, uh, yeah, in those moments of, mm, actually, God still adores us. And um, that was really pre- special, really precious. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Really appreciate you sharing that. He does adore us. And I think another thing for some of us, we go, ah, that's that's a bit sentimental. That's a bit wishy-washy. No. That's foundational truth that will change your life. You need it. You need to experience that love of your heavenly Father. John and Joe, if you could come back up. Even when we think that we've, you know, we've had a bad day, we've taken some wrong turns, probably said some bad things, even then, he loves you. He welcomes you, and he would change your heart with his love. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Do you want to stand? If you can and you want to, please stand. And the spirit that you have received, it does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. You are no longer a slave to sin and you are no longer resigned to living in fear. Rather, instead of that, the spirit that you have received has brought about your adoption. You are a son and a daughter of the High King of Heaven. He is your Abba Father. And by the spirit of adoption, you now cry with profound, passionate expression. Abba, Father. Abba, the one who always welcomes me. Abba, the one who endlessly loves me. Abba, the one I respect and adore because of just how good you are. The Holy Spirit testifies with your spirit that you are a child of God. I just want us to have some space now, have a moment to receive afresh that spirit of adoption, that assurance of belonging.
that unshakable sense that you are chosen and you are loved. If you know you find that hard, I'd invite you to just confess that to your Father and let him respond to you. Speak words of love to you. I only know one way that our hearts get changed. I only know one way that we can experience the love of God. It's the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's work in our heart. As we hear the word, as we hear the truth, the Spirit's role is to make it real to us. You might want to ask someone to pray with you now. If you just need a bit of prayer, if you need a bit of help, we can one another each other. We can love one another. We can listen to one another. We can pray for one another. And we can also respond in thanksgiving and in worship. I'm just going to pray for us. Father God, thank you that you sent your son to die for us. Take away all our sins so that we would no longer be separated from you, but that we would be brought near into a new family with you as our heavenly Abba Father perfect in love with your heart to do us profound good that we would be with you forever thank you that you are here with us right now thank you that you love us just pray that in your heart now thank you Abba Father, that you love me. Thank you, Abba Father, that you love me. If you've been distant, you can pray, Father, I'm sorry I've been distant. Thank you that you welcome me near. Oh, Father, thank you that you welcome us near. Would you transform and change our hearts in your love? Would you help us and refresh us in the experience of your fatherhood once again? Would you send us out of here, overflowing with your love, that we may love the people around us even more beautifully because it's fueled by your love for us rather than our own withering, dry efforts? you water us like that plant. Father, have your way in us. In Jesus' name. Amen.